And we're live. Hi, and welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today here for our second uh, MySpeed session. Um, the MySpeed sessions is a series of live think tanks that we're hosting together with our friends and partners at Great Hotels of the World. And it's an honor to have you all here tuning in another time to join us for a great conversation, looking into what's going on in the mice market today and what's come for the future and what hotels can do to prepare best to get uh, customers back to events and meetings. And um, before we introduce our panelists, please also meet my co-host, Rita Alves Machado, a Vice President Sales and Marketing at Great Hotels of the World. Rita? Hi, how are you? Hi, hello. Thanks, Leah. Great to be here again. Yes, um, so excited for this round. Yes. Ready for another round. And um, for everyone tuning in, thank you so much for taking the time. Also, make sure this is an interactive session. So we shortly going to introduce our panelists, and then we dive right into the topics we have uh, lined up for this session today. But please do make sure to add your comments and questions into the comment section below. And if you have questions for particular persons, either in the panel or um, people from your network, you know that you would like to join the conversation, make sure to tag them. So we can also afterwards go back to these comments and answer questions or um, cover the comments. We will make sure to cover the questions in the session. So looking forward to your input too. And uh, without other um, points to cover here, I'm very excited to introduce two very lovely experts to our session today. The first one is tuning in both actually from UK and the first one introducing is uh, Tracy Scott. Yes, and it's Thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, Great, and we had some little technical issues before, so we're super excited that this now is working all perfectly. So let's have a great session, fingers crossed. Our internet is working and technology, you know guys how that works with the live sessions. And um, for everyone who doesn't know Tracy yet, Tracy Scott is Chief Executive Officer at the Hotel Division at CWW, Connect Worldwide. And for everyone that's not familiar with CWW, uh, Connect Worldwide is a global sales and marketing um, services company that provides services to um, organizations and companies in the travel and hospitality industry that are seeking global reach. So I think it's a perfect expert we have you with us here, Tracy. And then our second panelist joining, um, covering the perspective of the perspective of the event um, organizing agency side is Lydia Sakarapani, head of sales and marketing at Principal Global Events. Lydia, hi, thank you also for joining. Hi everyone, hi. thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, and here we have the second the second point as well. Fingers crossed on your end for the internet. You're having the same situation as I have with the internet. So let's see that this works uh, strongly for that session. And before we dive right into the topics that we have lined up for the hour to come, we will be streaming live for another hour. And um, I think we have some very insightful um, learnings to share from the UK market that actually has some traction already, which is great. So we're all excited to hear from you too, uh, what's going on over there. And just be reminded again to post your comments and questions in the section, make sure to add your views and thoughts as well. And um, so let's make this as interactive as possible. And I'd say over to you, reader, and let's hear what we're going to talk about the next hour. Great. Here we go. So last session, we had some very interesting insights from the U.S. market. We can see that the U.S. market 
is well on the road to recovery. Um, but the reality is in Europe and the Middle East, things are slightly slower. So we thought it was actually um, very uh, insightful to look at what we can all do now to tap into whatever market is out there. We know that demand is coming back slowly. We chose the UK um, purposely because that's where demand is being fueled at the moment. Um, and what can we do both as hotels and buyers to prepare for the recovery? So we all want to make sure we are as ready as possible. And that um, leads us into uh, increasing our chances of winning the business. Um, and at the end of the day, it goes back to that old sales funnel of ours. Um, how can we work it better right from the beginning to be able to secure the business? And that means understanding essentially our clients and what our clients really want at this moment in time. So this, this um, session is all about sharing what the buyers are telling us the clients want and what we as suppliers can do to make sure we win as much of that business as is out there as possible. So really, um, I think now it's let's get talking and I'm handing over to Tracy who's got a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, thank, you, Rita. thank you, Rita. Delighted to be on the call and uh, I think it great. I'm going to start with just because I noticed from the people that are signed up that there's uh, not so many people from the UK and we're focusing on that market. So delighted to say that as of last Monday, May 17th, we uh, we moved to stage three of the Boris roadmap, um, uh, which obviously meant that hotels, restaurants and indoor hospitality could finally open and uh, indoor events up to a thousand or capacities of up to 50 percent uh, were allowed and um, actually a recent report yesterday came out um, uh, that showed that events are no more riskier than shopping. Um, it also showed that out of 58,000 uh, attendees to recent events and I'll go through those events only 15 were tested positive and those events included the Good Business Festival in Liverpool um, that also included the Brit Awards in London last week uh, the World Snooker Championships and various other football events and a nightclub event. Um, so that is very encouraging. Delighted to see that happening. Um, and uh, all being well and the big fingers crossed here that we move to stage four uh, on June the 21st, which means that all other restrictions will be lifted. Um, so we're all uh, in uh, the vaccination program seems to be doing well here as well, obviously, from a first dose and a second dose um, perspective. So that has also increased in the heightened um, excitement, if you like, from from the UK. What I've seen and I think it's nice to share with the audience is that the, the industry is actually seeing much more optimism now than we did throughout this whole pandemic. Um, and there's been a real surge of inquiries from the UK market, whether it be from a uh, public sector, departmental type meetings, smaller meetings, to sort of corporate planning and strategizing meetings. Uh, real surge. I can see that myself. The hotels that we, we look after have seen the same. I think the big thing is technology is a key driver here um, and uh, three main questions. What's the bandwidth? What's the bandwidth? What's the bandwidth going to be um, in terms of what venues uh, venues? What are the virtual meetings look like in terms of capacities and sizes? 
do you have a dedicated technical team on on site to support? Um, other feedback from our clients includes obviously, you know, the contactless technology. And I know Lydia is going to talk about it from her perspective as well. But from arrival to to the guest room, to conference registration, to virtual menus, the whole sort of dining experience, if you like, uh, the less touch points, the better. We all know that with the restrictions per country that, that size does matter. And, and at the moment, the, the meetings are much smaller. Uh, we're seeing a lot of trend to sort of 15 to 20, um, but also bigger events come the sort of quarter four time. And I think there is a fresh perspective, um, especially I can see it from my side, where people and hotels and venues are actually maximising their space, whether that be to create scenic lawns outside, whether it be uh, courtyards, balloon, ballroom courtyards. We've also seen some meeting rooms turned into beaches, um, but you've also got outdoor terraces, etc., to give that element of being outside. Um, and I think no more no, so than now than 2021 is all about that necessity to be a bit more outside. And I think the, big, the key thing here is uh, that I'm hearing not only from but predominantly from our clients over the last sort of few months is about is about the flexibility. That's the key word here around contracts, around group clauses, about cancellation clauses um, and commissions and things like that. So uh, I put it here as sort of partners in planning. We've been in liaison with a lot of our partners over the last uh, few months um so there's some of the key key elements probably some you know not really very unusual from country to country but in terms of what we're seeing in the uk because it really has surged forward um that's what we're seeing um okay um i think um from really from our perspective um i we echo really what tracy is saying um, at the moment, requests have really picked up, especially in the UK. Um, Destination-wise, we're seeing a lot of Southern Europe and UAE, so Dubai in our case, um, perceived as safe destinations close to home, I think, from the UK, yet sufficiently sunny um, to warrant the requests. Um, and quite clearly, Almost all of our requests are for 2022. Anything we have for 2021 is being really pushed towards the end of the year. And we can see it will probably be pushed to 2022, um, which is disappointing, I think, from our hotel's perspective. But um, we all know that we have to work on events a couple of months ahead. So the reality is we have minimal staff, skeleton staff on property. Um, we are urging our hotels to have someone on the ground, boots on the ground, um, because I'm sure Lydia will share with us the, the needs in that respect. And clearly, average group size has decreased. We've seen a decrease in about 36% of average group size. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and lots of sort of smaller groups coming in, as Tracy said, groups that previously wouldn't have come through an agency, I think they would have come directly through a corporate yeah. client. Yeah. And suddenly these corporate clients are using agencies even for smaller events. 
because of the health and safety concerns and the constant uh, changes and turnaround. So um, that's our status quo. Um, Lydia, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's funny being from a client, well, agency perspective, because, you know, we are also seeing quite a lot of what you're seeing, but um, in a way we're trying to kind of work with as many of our partners as possible so that we are all confirming business, so that we are all giving clients that, um, you know, that safety perspective in everything that we're going to be doing or putting forward to them. Um, for, for us, it's been quite an interesting uh, few months because we've had quite a lot of, sort of new inquiries. We've had in live inquiries that have actually confirmed for this year, which is really exciting for us. Um, but we've also, funnily enough, we've, I mean, I was talking to our head of operations today. We've got two events uh, confirmed in Barcelona for later this year. Um, so I think for the UK market and for a lot of our, our clients in, in various industries, the, the roadmap was very, very important to get that initial, uh, I guess, clarity and time frame for them to start thinking about things again, um, especially coming back to events and, and bringing their employees, their clients together in the same room. Um, you know, we've just had a, a, the first week where we can actually have hospitality indoors and I have to say, I, I mean, I myself attended two events, two live events last week. I, you know, I sat in a, in a restaurant, well, the restaurant terrace with, with you know, industry colleagues for, for a lovely lunch. Um, and then I also attended a networking event with suppliers um, and, and other event professionals. So it was a really interesting first week, I think, for the UK to, yeah. to have access to that and to be able to participate and see how the venues are are dealing with things to kind of talk to I guess to the audience and you know what we're really looking for from an agency perspective and I think what we're kind of coming we're coming across quite a lot especially over the last kind of couple of months where we've been working on quite a lot of proposals for for events not only for this year but also for next year is there's there's no one around there hasn't been people around to actually answer emails and that's that's almost been a bit of a drawback to us getting things done and getting things moving a lot quicker um, and i realized that everyone's you kind of, in the hotel like sales people in the team teams in the hotel being able to respond to customer yeah just really really slow response from you know from hotels from properties and venues and and it, it kind of makes it a little bit difficult to turn around a proposal quickly right. enough for a client um and and we are well aware that you know there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on furlough and teams have been completely diminished but i think it's really important now especially you know in the uk or even Some of the countries that are considered to be in the safe zone for the UK, because obviously mm -hmm. we have, you know, the, the, the traffic light system currently in place. So we know where people can go and they won't have to quarantine. Those those places, those destinations and locations, if you are a venue or hotel in those locations, you need to have people answering the phones. You need to have people turning around proposal requests and, you know, inquiries, because if you don't, you're going to miss out. Um, and I think that's a really, really key thing yeah. over the next month as we go into June. Um, I, I spent a bit of time sort of talking to our, our head of operations today and, you know, we were brainstorming a few things to sort of bring up as, as key things that perhaps would be of interest um, to the group. And 
I think some of the, the things which Tracy obviously mentioned, when it comes to what we need uh, or what I guess we, we kind of need to see for us to all be able to collaborate and really get those inquiries going and get people confident and, and happy to confirm an event, whether you're here in the UK or whether you're overseas, it's, it's that flexibility. And, you know, when we talk about that flexibility, we're not just talking about flexibility of, okay, you know, we'll hold the venue for a lot longer because I know you're waiting to hear whether or not you're going to be able to travel or whether we're going to be a safe destination. It's, it's actually understanding what that flexibility means and what it means to the client, what it means to an agency and what it means to the venue or to the hotel. Um, and when I say that, so for, for the agency, it's important that we have the flexibility on the contracts. So you need to be able to offer a contract with a clause talking about postponement. A lot of hotel contracts still to this day don't have a clause for postponement, which is something that our head of operations brought up today. Um, and that's quite surprising because, you know, we've never had to really deal with postponements as much before yeah. as we've had to deal now. Um, you know, COVID has really made us think about whether or not an event is going to go ahead or things could change in a week. I mean, currently in the UK, as we all, I'm sure, know and have heard, we've got the Indian variant currently affecting a few destinations around here. And, you know, we, we just don't know if the 21st of June is, is really going to go ahead. So yeah. we have to plan for that and we have to be prepared for that potential postponement. And that needs to be considered by hotels and venues everywhere. Um, when it comes to, you know, what that means to the client, that means confidence to the client. That means they can confidently say, right, if it doesn't, if we can't do the event on this date, we are free to postpone it to a later date without penalties, without charges. And that's really, really important to a client. I'm sure there's a lot of venues right now and a lot of hotels that are probably sitting, holding a lot of space or holding a lot of dates, but clients don't want to confirm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get a client to confirm a contract right now. It really is hard unless you're willing to, to be that flexible um, and, and really accommodate that to make them feel comfortable enough to sign that contract. Yeah. Um, you know, as Tracy said, like we, we, we can do currently, we can do events up to a thousand people or half the capacity of a venue. And that's, that's really, really exciting. It's really exciting for us yeah. for, for the end of the year because we are starting to get, you know, inquiries and we've definitely confirmed events for, for the end of this year for those numbers, which is, you know, it, it just shows the, the confidence is slowly coming back not as many events as we would normally be doing around that time yeah. but it is yeah. it is live events um, all right thank you. yeah we get a question from the from the audience and it, it's maybe fitting right now because um it's about how you feel both of you about how the government um responds to the current situation and the question is from uh, jean-marc cad and again my apologies if the name is pronounced wrongly he's <laughs> an event at, uh, at uh, and another difficult name uh, <laughs> I hope I said that correctly. And he asked um, both of you, um, um, do you think that government, in your case, the British one, obviously, is more pro or reluctant to events? That's a good question. I'm happy to go first, Adia. Mm -hmm. I mean, from our point of view, I think the, the interesting fact over the last few weeks was all of the different pilot events. 
So my initial, uh, for, if you think about the total um, uh, revenue for the UK government and how much, what the percentage of meetings are uh, probably for the government as well, uh, I do believe that there is a real need uh, for that to continue. Um, there should be no reason from our point of view um, if people have been vaccinated, there is funny enough, there is no rules and regulations about that at the moment um, in terms of, you know, PCR testing. They've put that emphasis very much on the event organiser and the agency. Lydia will probably confirm that. But but from out for there's no real sort of hard facts uh, in terms of, you know, if you've had a double vaccine, whatever. It, it, it's very much around the whole piece of the conference. So I think in answer to. John's, I think that's probably, oh, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully that answered it. If I could just add a little bit to that. I mean, I think just the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of the event industry associations, uh, a lot of the convention bureaus around yeah. the UK really lobbying the government to, to come to the table and talk about events, business events, um, is has been really, really important. I think that's what's driven a lot of, you know, the, the event research um, program that went on with lots of test events that happened around the UK and Liverpool, and, you know, a few other places, uh, that it, it, it really needed them to drive that to get the government to pay attention yeah. and to really think about the amount of money the economic effects of not having events, live events, yeah. whether it be business events, tourism events, you know, all of these things really do hit the bottom line when it comes to, to yeah. the government's budget. So um, I think from that perspective, that's that's really what's what's driven things. It's not so much the government, it's been more the, the industry associations and, you know, industry leaders and convention bureaus that have really helped that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, and it's, yeah, so it's in the basically of every stakeholder if they emphasize the value of the industry right yeah. in this economic yeah. up yeah thank you both and then i just add another question um it's from pietro colaco who's always uh, joining us as well thank you pietro for tuning in he's the ceo at great hotels of the world and guest centric and he's his question is regarding the vaccination in uu and he's asking if you feel that if the vaccination in you is complete by august which would be great um, if you feel that would make a, a difference in terms of corporate clients being more comfortable to moving up events into 2021. So I think it's a question for three of you, right? Yeah. I don't know whether be, you know, they would be moving up events. I think people are, are starting to plan already. And you know, for, for us, something I think I mentioned to, to the ladies uh, last week, we're almost being asked by a lot of our clients to do plan A and plan B proposals. Mm. You know, plan A hopefully is a live event with a hybrid element so that they can have people in the venue and also live stream it obviously and, and have that, that component. And plan B is the virtual. Um, at the moment, depending on what the current situation is, the plan A can swap to plan B and vice versa. So, you know, if, if we see the, area, the Indian variant uh, affecting the 21st of June timeline, the virtual event will become plan A yeah. and right. the live and hybrid will become yeah. the plan B. So it really does depend on, on what is happening. And sadly, we, we can't plan that far in advance just yet. Not right. Yet. So we have to have those plan A, plan B yeah. 
options yeah. and you know a lot of our clients tend to be thank you asking for that at the moment. Yeah. Trace would you agree with that and, and Rita or is there anything you'd add to that point? Yeah. Our, our hotels have said that um, in fact what they felt and this isn't exclusive to the UK at all it's just general um, that in the requests they get at the moment um, it's not as clear-cut as that so they first ask for a normal quote for an event and then maybe a couple of weeks later they'll come back slowly everyone is complaining on the hotel side about the time um, that events are kept on hold so I know there's nothing anyone can do but it is very difficult to juggle that from the supplier side Yeah. And then um, later on, there's a request coming in for, hey, if we had to do this um, hybrid. And then third time around, what if we had to do this, you know, completely virtual buy? We don't really need you. So um, it's very tough at the moment to be able to plan for both scenarios um, because a lot of agencies aren't really clear on what a hybrid event actually involves because their own clients don't really know either, or they haven't thought it through. So I think we are really in the learning curve from the client side, the agency side and the supplier side, right. on what a hybrid event actually is. We're all clear on what we want from a face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. even if that face-to-face -face has to be adapted, as Tracy was saying, you know, with lots more um, activities outdoors, a lot more outdoor venues, Definitely. But we've found that our um, our clients, so the agencies or the corporate clients, when we talk about hybrid events, it does get a bit fuzzy. Um, and I just thought it would be interesting to bring that up because um, we all want to improve. Um, and in fact, we're holding a hybrid event tomorrow in, in Portugal, in the Algarve, for hoteliers. And we're feeling that ourselves. But here it happened the other way around. We were, we were designing a hybrid event and we thought no one would want to come to the face-to-face. -face. And in fact, it's flipped on its head. Everyone wants to come to the face-to-face -face and everyone's sick to death of the virtual element. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> which is not bad news necessarily, right? Which is excellent news. It yeah. means people are desperate to be together. People yeah. are desperate, you know, everybody wants But adding to, to that, because what you described, Rita, and also what you mentioned in the in the pre-prep conversation, Lydia, you said it's getting so complex. And Tracy, you echoed that. You said, um, yeah, you basically, you, offer, you do like double work, right? You offer like yeah. A, yeah. a scenario A and a scenario B um, proposal. So the question from, and again, a name issue here. So I'm trying my best. Joachim Inacio, um, a CM from a corporate event production company, if I take that correctly. He has a question that he poses to the three of you if you expect changes in the price structures of the hotels and other players such as agencies, production companies and airlines, etc., reflecting maybe even that extra work or complexity. What's your take? Who wants to start? Um, I could I could probably take a little bit of that. <laughs> Then, ladies, you can take the rest. Um, it really it really does depend. I mean, uh, I think one thing I, I I didn't mention, you know, what we've found over the last I think month month and a half two months, is that we're dealing a lot more with procurement departments. It's the hmm. procurement department that's putting out the RFP, the RFI. So it's no longer just about. Um, you know, the, the creative and, and what it looks like and the experience and 
and and the amazing time that guests will have it's now also got to do with the bottom line basically because there has been companies who unfortunately have completely downsized even their internal events teams and so now it's procurement departments that are that are dealing with the event you know proposals or inquiries or suppliers and we are having to be very competitive in that you know in that perspective so when it comes to how we have to work we have we are working to try and confirm an event we are working to work to a client's budget we are working to satisfy that and to get them to confirm that event and if we have to adjust we have to obviously adjust and work really hard with our supplier partners to make sure that we all can meet the budget so that we all benefit from getting that event confirmed Um, you know and a lot of the time the procurement departments will look at cancellation policies postponement policies any extra fees that we're being charged at the hotel all of those things will make part of that procurement process and if any of us or any of the supply chain falls down on anything then none of us are going to get the event so you know it's so important to work with with your agency with the agencies that are coming to you and saying right this is the budget we need to meet on this client ask are you dealing directly with the client, with an events person, or are you dealing with a procurement department? Yeah, because yeah. that, as a hotel, that should tell you whether or not you need to be really competitive on your on your rate. And also, I would agree, Lydia, that finance are also potentially sometimes involved in that as well, from a, a return of investment type uh, yeah. scenario, uh, which goes back to when we were talking about many years ago, meetings management, but it's a different type of a model because you're talking now coming out of a pandemic but people are saying well is it actually is the success and the objective of my meeting being matched uh, in this current climate or not um yeah, it goes back to that questioning very different now as well you know yeah. budgets are sorry to interrupt but budgets are, are so different now compared exactly. to what they were in 2019 yeah you um know? but remember we did discuss in our Pre, pre-run discussions and I think it's an interesting point um, and we again going back to the US what we saw in the last recession was that um, in order to to win that business um, and that that actually stayed through the good times as well hotels are prepared to pay more commission um, to agencies that secure the business so whereas in Europe we were looking at eight ten percent commission sometimes in the US, a hotel will pay 15% commission to an agency um, just to be sure to win that business because in a tough environment, we all know we're doing double the work for the same revenue. And if we all want to be here in 10 years' time, um, I do think it's a super important question. And and I remember um, we discussed things like admin fees for um, the number of cancellations or postponements because there's yeah, so much yeah. more admin work involved in all of this um in all of this event pre pre-stay um which has just you know swollen to incredible proportions every time you cancel or you postpone um all down all down the line so i i do think it's a very um very relevant question yeah absolutely clearly um we need to survive and sustainability means surviving all of us financially and you know, I think I think it's going to be more about um, variable costs and and earnings rather than fixed. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But I definitely think we all need to reward those who secure the business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and package that into the rates. Mm -hmm. Because as Lydia was saying, you know, 2019 isn't coming back anytime soon. No. So we really need to, you know, and we've, we've seen in types of events, um, in fact, it's equal parts between conferences, incentives and others. Um, but conferences are more regional, they're more European, they're less international. Um, and we've, we've got a new type of small events that we, we wouldn't have gotten in normal scenario, which is sort of, you know, yoga retreats and motorbike tours. And that really reflects our agency base moving into the leisure market or moving into a more personal sphere of activities, like Tracy was saying, um, you know, if people have other interests that they've developed in this last year online and they want to go back to offline. Um, but that's really what we've seen. And the last thing we've seen um, in terms of requirements, sustainability was always sort of there in the RFP and it was just a list of activities that we had to put down. And now, um, I think because of the pandemic, the requests we've had have been a lot more specific there. They've, they've, they're asking our hotels exactly what do you do for your local community and what percentage of your F&B produce comes from local producers and what did your hotel do for the community during the pandemic if it was open? So, you know, questions which are really at a variance with the ROI of the event mm -hmm. um, because we see some people who are asking us for proposals really want more purposeful events and more thought through events and they want to be able to tell this story mm. on the other hand absolutely lydia you know the financial bottom line completely you know um so yeah very 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 different very different and we've got loads of questions here don't we yeah we have a question that actually that, that suits that discussion because um that, that's very interesting to hear reader that people value the sustainability of the event and look at it long term and yeah. holistic and then just look, let's look at the scenario that Luis Felipe Garcia is um, painting here and asking for your opinion. Um, he's asking, what is your opinion regarding international events when the final client has to invest on PCR tests to present before flying over to the selected destination? Will it impact negatively on the recovering abroad events? So will it impact negatively on the recovery of events abroad, I'd say? So yeah. who, who's in charge here, for example, for that investment? That's an additional cost, right, for the final client that maybe calculated in initially. Yeah, it is. And it's 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 a really interesting question, Luis, because um, I think what, one of the things we were talking about, um, you know, today with our uh, head of ops as well was, you know, one of the questions we're getting is, from an operations perspective within the hotel, you know, are the hotels investing in, hand sanitizers, other hotels investing in, you know, giving guests when they arrive at the hotel testing, uh, you know, what other things are the hotels contributing towards an event or, or what added value uh, things are they getting now compared to what clients were getting before? And, you know, the, the testing is a real interesting thing because if you were a hotel, say, if you're a hotel in Portugal, for example, perfect example or maybe not but because we can go to portugal without quarantining maybe a country where we need to quarantine basically um 
but you know if you were if you were in a, a destination where you still might need to quarantine because you're currently on the amber list for example if you're a hotel and we're offering testing that might entice people to confirm or to to come to your venue even if it's in a smaller group because they know that they will have that you know that covered it'll yeah, be part yeah. of the expense it will be part of that that activity or that that event um it's it's a really difficult one for clients to cover it at both ends because if they have to cover it at the destination as well as coming back i think that's where we'll get uh, sort of caught yeah. up with people yeah, yeah. Just like, this is just way too much to go anywhere so we're just going to stay here we're not going to go yeah. elsewhere yeah. yeah um you know there's 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 little things that hotels can do to sort of give that added value to make clients feel yeah. comfortable and, and feel like they're getting some extras that are relevant, yeah. especially to COVID and, and you know, to international delegates coming yeah. into their properties at the moment. Yeah. And I just wanted yeah. to add, one of our client partners in Prague, for example, with, there's a testing centre right outside the hotel. So, you know, it enables them to be able to facilitate because they've got two hotels with a courtyard in the middle. Um, you know, it helps to facilitate that. But but I think you're right. It, it, it is part of, I do think it will be a decision maker going forward because we all know it's very expensive at the moment. Um, and somebody has to cover the cost. Yeah. 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 It's, very, it's very interesting. Vesna <laughs> That's a very uh, interesting name today. Thank you all for tuning in and making it. <laughs> they're testing you, Leah. They're testing you. <laughs> they're testing you. I love it. So, uh, and she's saying, she's responding directly to Ruiz, and he's saying, she's saying that she saw hotels offering PCR tests to be included in the prices, actually. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. customers will come and stay. Is that something you see as well, Rita, with your hotels? Yes. Um, we had one hotel offering it. Um, and what they did was they spread it out throughout the event. So they said, if your event is two days or longer, then we'll offer the PCR testing mm -hmm. because it, it's quite an investment. Um, yeah. so, so, they, so they add a condition to it. So, yeah. From, okay, we, yeah. fair enough, right? Because, um, well, because... All, all things being equal, we're still being asked to offer extra, you know, for complimentary rooms for 16, every 16 people or every 20 people. So all the extras added values that um, clients have got used to in the past are still being requested. Um, and, and the reality is that there's been a lot more investment on the part of the hotels where I think we can do a better job um, is actually communicating every single thing we've done as hoteliers um, in terms of COVID-19 um, and, and otherwise. And we see that in our, um, in our show arounds and our virtual site inspections. Yeah, yeah. Because this was all a couple of months ago, a lot of people have just got used to it, um, even in the hotels. And suddenly for a, uh, an RFP, you need to go back to the basics and say, look, we've got this, we've got this, we've done this, we've done this, and have it clearly on your website, on your... Here's your COVID added value. Yeah. yeah. And, Here's and your COVID added value package. Package, you know, and we're offering it free. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think there's, there's a real danger that we all got inured to everything we've done, but the reality is in the foreseeable future, we'll still be asked for more, all of us. And, and it's it's more because you know we're having to almost re 
not retrain, that's the wrong word to use, but we ha we're having to instill new confidence in people mm. to come out to events, to confirm, to feel safe in a venue, to feel safe, to travel to a destination. You know, it, it, we, we're all literally have been hidden away for a year in front of yeah, computers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's still, I think that, you know, when we're looking, talking about hybrid events, hybrid events are still going to be needed until the end of the year because there will still be people that are not comfortable mm -hmm. in September, right. October, to be yeah. in a room full of people, yeah. Yeah. to attend yeah. a massive big exhibition, to attend a massive big event. So yeah. that, that's why we still need hybrid and why we still yeah. need to live stream and do all those things. But, you know, it's... Yeah, and, I, and I would add to that that, you know, the meetings and events industry was built on relationships and i think yeah. never more so than now to go really qualify those questions when you're because you know we've got the time now to be able to invest in in that even further because you can actually say to you as the client lydia you know what is important what is the purpose of the event can we do anything in addition to to what you're you know and that's that's where we see the success and, and it goes back to perhaps what you're saying about you know, making sure you answer the the, the request and, and having that trust with those, uh, because the landscape, we talked about the meetings landscape, but the hotel landscape has changed as well. Uh, so you know, there's, there's not so many hotels in certain destinations and there's been acquisitions. So, so I think it's even more so important to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, what is your objective? Go. We, that's part of the sales, going back to what you said, Rita, at the very beginning about the sales journey. Um, you know, and really that that is where you build up that initial trust to say, well, actually, let me let's see what we can do about the PCR testing and whether we can include that for you. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's all those. Can, can I just add as well? I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think it was Rita that, that mentioned this last week, you know, as events people, we are solutions people. And it's not just the events people that need to be solutions people, the hotel people need to be solutions people. We all need to be solutions people right now and think of what's the solution to making corporate clients feel comfortable in our hotel, in our venue. Mm -hmm. And that will be to show them how we will keep them safe. Yeah. And that has to be your number one priority moving forward. How do yeah. we make people feel safe when they come to the hotel, when they book a venue, when they book a room, when they book an event, you know, when they come to our city, how do we help them feel safe? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking up is an interesting question we got or um, an impulse asking for your views. And uh, Stephen Hopkinson, he's uh, from Group 360 uh, based in Singapore, and he's um, asking rather than putting all the costs on hotels who have been hurt too, surely if you have chosen a city, uh, then you use the opportunity to work with the local tourism authorities to see what incentives they are offering to woo group business, including testing, etc. Any views? Do you have any experience? Mm -hmm in regards to that, including DMOs and cities in the destinations yeah. in the process? Not sadly, not yet but yeah. for us. And no, I mean, it's a really valid point. He is, yeah. you know, Stephen's made a really good point. This is not yeah. just about bringing delegates to a, a hotel. This, is, this has got to be about bringing delegates to a destination and the right. convention bureaus 100% yeah. need to be so involved in that communication, in that, um, you know, that whole operation because it's not just about the hotel. If, if yeah. guests are not happy about or feel safe as to going to a destination, 
then there's been lots of other elements that have fallen down. It's not just yeah. no matter what the hotel well, does. Yeah. And, you, and you are also hearing trickles coming from other countries like Australia yeah. where the governments are actually incentivising people to, to book their meetings, you know, in that location. But, you know, it's not open yet to... to but, but you hear... To people. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Australia here. Nobody's off the street yeah. probably locking yeah, it's not going to be till 2022, 2023. <laughs> but you yeah. hear that, that trickle of incentive. Yeah. Stephen's question about, you know, that 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 enticement to speak to the local bureaus as well as as, as the government. Um, yeah. Well, so what, we've, uh, what we've done at Great Hotels of the World is we've actually set up destination webinars um, in the UK and in Germany and to work with the... the country's tourism board or the convention board and um, the reality is because I think this will evolve over time over the next couple of months but the situation is changing so quickly um, in every single country that even the tourist boards and the convention bureaus are challenged to be able to say exactly what's going on in their destination and until when so um, most countries don't have the red and green and you know amber light system they've just got a list of countries on and off um and and i think everyone's feeling challenged uh by the lack of information and the lack of clarity and especially the um, the role that airlines need to play in this whole um value chain and the airlines who are usually kind of the staple backbone of of our industry have been quite quiet um, over the last year for obvious reasons, and and clearly, if you've probably you know if you've tried to book people on flights at the moment, it's still very uncertain, you know, and the changes are still coming. What we're telling our um, hotels that they can do, sort of in the short term, that our clients are asking us for desperately, is really simple things like. Um, you know, on their website, everyone focuses on rooms because traditionally that's what hotels do. And in fact, what our clients are asking for is everything to do with menus and restaurants, but not the menu, but the seating and the views and the terraces and the outdoor areas or that can be made into outdoor areas. So the whole shift of the view of the hotel and how, how the hotel is laid out is completely different. Um, and, you know, most of us hoteliers aren't ready for this because, you know, this was a challenging time. If you went to your GM and said, look, I want to do a photo shoot in our hotel because they're asking me for this, um, it just wouldn't swing it. And the best sort of um, show arounds that we've had our hotels doing are with their tablets, um, sometimes even smartphones, taking buyers through the hotel in several different locations at the same time. So they put one or two salespeople in different areas mm. and show the hotel live as it is um, instead of just sending through a fact sheet. Um, but it does mean, as you know, Lydia was saying, we really have to be solution-oriented mm. um, and, and solutions into marketing, which is really not what traditional salespeople are used to, you know, and suddenly they have to be content creators themselves. Um, and they have to go really out on a limb 
to make sure the hotel is um, portrayed in a much more visual way with no resources, clearly with no budgets. Yeah. So I think moving forwards, we're going to have a lot more visual sales than we did in the past mm. um, with all that that entails. Um, with new generations, this is probably easier. With old, you know, older generations, it's, it's harder because they're not so familiar with technology. But, um, you know, technology part is a part of the proposal. So we really have to make sure that, um, that from the beginning, we are very, very well surrounded by technology in indoors and outdoors of our hotel. Because, you know, previously it was just the IT person who was called upon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have another 10 minutes for the session running, so I think it would be a good idea to, to look at a wrap-up. But I think we lost Lydia just this very second. That's that right. I'm talking about technology. Talking about my screen. No, I'm about technology. Oh, there she is. Welcome back. back. <laughs> Sorry for that. Yeah. Back in perfect time. Because, um, I mean... Clearly, if I also think about all the topics that you mentioned beforehand, before we actually, uh, when we planned the session, there's so many topics we could get, get into, right? All this still yeah. relevant information and how the actual proposal should look like, etc. But if I look at the time now, we're, we're 15 minutes in now, so we have another 10 good minutes left. Um, maybe, um, maybe a good option would be looking at what, what would be your ideal like outcome? Like, what's your takeaway for what can we actually do short term now? to like leverage the hopefully coming recovery the best way. Yeah. Lydia, what would you say from an agency's perspective? What would you wish for that would happen after the session? Um, <laughs> it's not so much what I would wish for, but it's definitely something I'd like people to think about, especially, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in a, in a hotel venue. And that's, you know, what is force majeure to you, to you as a venue? What does that look like? Um, and how do we all interpret it? Because Uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier was, you know, force majeure, you need to think about it now, especially with COVID, not just about how it affects you as a venue, but also how it affects the clients. You know, will force majeure apply if the government in your country decides no, no events, venues have to close? Yes, force majeure should apply. And that will obviously affect you individually as a venue or a hotel but it also affect the client. But what if force majeure, what, what if, you know, a client is coming from abroad and in their country, they're not allowed to travel? Will you as, as venue in a, in a different destination allow force majeure to be considered um, and to apply there? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's something we all really need to think about um, because if for that force majeure clause is, is going to be very, very important. I think we all need to really start looking at that um, a little bit closer to make clients, uh, I guess, more comfortable to confirm that force majeure clause is not only affecting you anymore. It's, it's how is the government in your country, how is the government in the client's country, yeah. um, you know, affecting the event, the, yeah. the end result that everybody's trying to get. Um, and, and Lydia, we had a case in point, exactly that. And in fact, the contract talked about force majeure in any of the countries where the delegates were coming from. Mm -hmm. Because in fact, the meeting organizer was from the UK in this case, but they wanted to bring in people from several different countries 
And of course, the situation evolves very differently. Yeah. And, and they needed to have a cutoff point um, from which they would say this event isn't going ahead because we have three countries um, where we can't get delegates over from. It's not just about the, it's not a two point yeah, yeah. Um, thing, it's everyone. And, and because we work mostly international events, we probably, you know, we probably felt this first. And um, certainly in our case, the hotels, um, they quickly got onto the force majeure clause. But again, um, on the financial side for the hotels, they were highly pressured by their own financial departments Mm -hmm. to limit that liability. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, in the end, it comes down to liability, right? And I mean, that's probably also a hindrance, like a hindrance for many to actually yeah. get into planning yeah. of events back again, yeah. because they're like, okay, we would love to have an event, but who's liable in the end if it doesn't work? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Diogo Castaneda. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hi, Diogo. Thank you for joining us and tuning in. He's, um, he's suggesting uh, perhaps we need to talk to the corporate accounts on force majeure in a different way, making sure their insurance covers it in any case, regardless of where they come from geographically. Yeah, but right now we all know that, I mean, even even festivals and venues are, are having a hard time getting insurance. Uh, yeah. A corporate who's trying to take delegates across, you know, across borders. It's it's something that we all need to kind of work it's, together on. Yeah. It's the three parts. Part. Oh, we'll just give it to the client. The client's insurance is going to cover it. Well, if that's what you think, then you're not going to get that delegate coming to your destination. You're not going to get that right. delegate coming to your country um, because, you know, why should they travel if, if we want to say, oh, well, it's got nothing to do with us. If you can't fly, you can't fly. Yeah. It's a very yeah. difficult thing and it's something we really need to think about as, as venues, as agencies. We, we all need to think about how, how yeah. force majeure has now been affected due to COVID as well and how yeah. we all interpret that. Yeah. Um, you know, and how, how that would, would come into play should a government say we're closing borders, should a venue be closed down because they've had a case and they've got to close for 10 days, should, you know, the client's delegates not be able to travel. All of these things have to be considered um, as part of that force majeure and how we all interpret that um, yeah. you know, for the clients. So I think that's, yeah. a, that's a big one for us. Mm. Um, the other thing, just really quickly, um, just keeping on time, is, you know, from an operations perspective um, at, at a venue, at a hotel, as we spoke earlier, it, you have to make it clear, especially because everyone's been closed for such a long time. Obviously, a lot of things have been happening within your, your venues, a lot of upgrades, a lot of, you know, uh, things have been put in place. If you're not communicating that at the beginning, as soon as you're, you're being requested a proposal, then a lot of this information will just delay that whole process. Um, yeah. What What is your venue done to, you know, make delegates safe? Mm -hmm. Not just in the rooms. It's not just about the cleaning and, and and all of that. It's about right. How many? Where are the hand sanitizers? What is the delegate journey to the event? How yeah. are they going to come in? How are they going to go out? Is there is there a one way system within your property? You know, um, do you have a medical um, emergency contact that could deal with a case if we have a, a COVID case, somebody turns up and they've got a fever or, you know, they their test doesn't work or whatever. 
do, do you have all these things in place already at the venue so that you can deal with this um, quickly mm -hmm. and separately? You know, the, we've seen things at, at and I'll, I'll mention it, I mean, the, the Marriott, uh, one of the Marriott's that we were talking to for an event, they actually do a coding system that they offer for events. And it's a, a bracelet uh, color-coded system where, you know, you can have this for your event. It's, it's provided by the, by the hotel that we were talking to. And delegates can wear it. Uh, so if they have like a, a red one, it means that delegates are not happy to to be in crowded places. So don't, yeah. don't be near yeah. them, you know. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. delegates who, who feel comfortable networking and talking face-to-face -face with other people. So th there's little things like that that hotels can think about and, and introduce and should already have in place when you're getting an RFP, you know, request yeah. from, from an agency, from a corporate client. It, yeah. it should almost be like an addition to your to your proposal. Your proposal. And here is our code. Yeah. This is our code it's like, package. Yeah. It's like yeah. with the code, right? It's the, it's the variable information that you sh should keep up to date. Attached yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be going back and forth, going, and what's your, you know, do you have a one-way system in the hotel? Do you have a cleaning policy? What's the, you know, is the food prepackaged? Or, you know, all of these things delay the process. Yeah. From an agency perspective, if we're going to take time getting a reply back, at least reply with as much information regarding COVID and how to keep mm -hmm. clients safe and what you've put in place for an event, not just for the bedrooms. Yeah. And that's kind of the two things that I think are really, really important for us that the force majeure really think about that and you know the operational side what have you done and what's the added value things that you are, are giving to a client for for an event is there points you would add from your perspective yeah i mean i to be honest with you what that was one of mine because uh okay. is the, the covid19 um implementations you put in place been communicated since the start or over the last six months or over the last 12 months. I think where we found success is obviously the virtual share rounds, engaging with the customer. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think people are frightened sometimes to, to use your handheld, which we do all the time, to just do a journey. Um, and that would help. Um, even if it's not communicated, we get so much email, so many emails. And But if, if you were to show, I'm sure, Lydia, the journey on your mobile of what that looks like, I'm sure that would also have some re resonance with her as well. And and I think from our point of view, it's all about the electronic quickness. So if you do are able to, from a proposal point of view, if we're able to do some sort of e-signatures at the same time, going backwards and forwards with paperwork is not always uh, the best solution at the moment, I don't think, um, and, and quick for the hotels to be able to re react and are the team uh, au fait with with signing those sort of scan documents yeah. um, and and just many other things but really from my point of view it's about a re, re sort of wording that we are based on relationships and what we found in our uh, business is the continuity of key people to be able to respond back to our clients such as Lydia to be able to to support that and uh I think it's going to be key for your success, to be honest. So that's what I would say. Thank you, Rita. What would you say to wrap up the session? Do you have any? Well, um, I think as always, but more than in the past, this is about as a hotel putting yourself in the client's shoes and imagining you had to not organize the event, but you had to sell it to your client. 
um, and and preempt all the questions that the client could have. And this has always been part of it, but we're dealing with a very different set of questions now. Um, Travel policies have changed in the companies. As Lydia was saying, you know, we need to get people trusting in travel again. And I was just reading the GBTA poll this morning. Um, It's notched up another three percentage points of the willingness to travel internationally, but it's still only I think 16% of regular business travelers, but it's, it's growing, but there is a lot more information, a lot more work to be done on the destination on, you know, the perception of the destination is safe on the part of the hotels and um, the ability to see the client side, how difficult it is within the client end client corporate client to actually convince anyone in that company to travel internationally yeah. when most countries have been traveling domestically for the last year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a huge leap. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's summer of leisure travel, personal travel, summer and late summer, early autumn, will get people traveling again for personal yeah. reasons. And that will give them the confidence to get their, you know, group travel up and running. Mm-hmm. But, but it is a whole journey. And yeah, um, yeah, so I, think, I think we all need to be very clear that in order to start on that journey, we need to get the basics right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And, you know, we yeah, are talking yeah. about basics here. And then communicate it clearly to all stakeholders. Communicate right? exactly. Yeah. There was, there was a few more questions that we, that we won't be able to cover now, but uh, maybe a point to think about and maybe go back to in the comments later on is um, the feature that took place in Madrid, right, as one yeah. of the industry shows now again would be super interesting to learn from people that attended how their experience was right and how they perceived corporate travel and the ex- entire event and what the learnings are so maybe that's an, that, that's also a way to go yeah. right look at the, the best practices right now and just take it from there and see what we learn from from these events yeah. and sorry Lee I just wanted to yeah, add with, yeah. with a colleague from Madrid this morning who was ecstatic about oh, no. Yeah. recently attending it um there was probably about five thousand attendees he said uh, meetings were obviously from his point of view were still conducted with no issue in actually sort of more social distance they still took place as if they normally would but with masks um and there was a real buzz um uh, they took pcr tests obviously before they went but but i'd be interested i think as well what he said to me was that some of the key decision makers some of the sort of high-end the ceos the coos were in attendance which they would normally have been in attendance so it was quite nice to see a higher level of 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 of, uh, decision maker there which means that people are desperate to to (laughs) and meet people so yeah Yeah. great feedback Yeah, super right. nice to see the comments right now. We have some upbeat comments saying that this is really an industry based on relationships and that we are all looking forward to coming back to 2019 numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what you just said also shows that demand is there, right? So it's not that people don't want to, it's just that they're not secure. So I think mm-hmm. the, the advice was super valuable from all three of you to give to the audience to say, just get your communication clear and build trust by being reliable. And maybe also look at the stakeholders in your destination, think about 
who to include in the process to make sure there is reliable information that's accurate and up to date. And well, I'd say we wrap up and um, I'm looking forward to the next session. But before we, we close the session, thank you to the three of you to taking the time. We really appreciate you take the time to join us here. We know how valuable time is nowadays. And thank you for sharing your learnings and insights with us. And for everyone in the audience, thank you also for your comments and questions. And yes, we had the question already. This session will be available on demand later on. You will find it on the Tech Talk Travel channels and on the Great Hotels of the World channels. Um, if you don't find it, reach out to us and please do so anyways. Make sure to reach out to Lydia, Tracy, Rita and myself. We're happy to connect and continue the conversation. And yes, having thank said you. that. Um, thank you. Thank you, ladies, and I hope to welcome all of you back to the next My Speed session, Rita. Yes, <laughs> we'll be back. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Thank, Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.